You're listening to the Silken Community Podcast. Your favorite source for gaming, film, and internet debate starts now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Soken Podcast. I'm your host, T, and with me are Jace and Leo. We got both of them again. We're back, or I guess I'm back. There wasn't a weird that wasn't here, but anyway, Drayson. Jace, Drayson. Oh, Leo. All right. I'm sorry. Hello. It's Leo. Oh, Leo is what they used to call margarine back in the day. I had to... I had to hold up your end of the intro, so I, I tried to bite your style, but it didn't work. Neither did Syl trying it. Well, I don't know if it works when I do it. They tried to make me say the closing line, and I just not going to do it. I'm changing the closing line to stay sassy, Soken. <laughs> no objections? Yeah, none for me either. <laughs> well... What have you guys been up to over the past week? I'm six feet tall. <laughs> I too am six feet tall. And I'm very proud of that fact. I'm actually a little over six feet. And something that, you know, as a man, you feel like when you say you're six feet, people think of you in a more manly way. And considering some of the other things that I do with my body, it's a good thing to be thought of that way. <laughs> I will say... Um, as a uh as a heterosexual man um there is something about being a six foot tall man like that's that seems to be a marker of what at least the ladies tend to find attractive in guys that's like that's the line and i i made it yay mom and dad i made it did it you did it all by yourself gays are a little more i mean every shape and size kind of has a, a subculture that idolizes them so you know the twinks and the bears and the hunks and everybody has somebody that wants them so there's a there's a category for everyone there's a lid for every pot you guys are such a varied and diverse people like a rainbow get it <laughs> i'm six feet tall and five inch heels <laughs> nice i can I'm wear six heels. five in five inch heels i uh i would not be that tall for long because I would inevitably break an ankle trying to walk in those five inch heels. But I'd have Try a... dancing. Yeah. Yeah, I'd uh, prefer not to. There is like I suspect Jace, you probably have danced in if not five inch, probably four inch heels maybe. Lots and lots and lots of times. So really I don't know how you can measure I'm not a heels expert, believe it or not, but like on platform heels, when you've got the platform at the bottom and the heel on the back and it's like a seven inch heel. But I don't think that really counts because of the platform on the bottom. So it's really probably more like a, I don't know, five inch. It might actually be a five inch heel. But yeah, I've done, I've done quite a few numbers on. And the first time I ever had to dance in heels is when I played Captain Hook, and that was a really low kind of a flat heel, and that was easy. Um, then I had to do Rocky Horror, and that was very very difficult because it was like stilts. But I'm 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 really good at it now. <laughs> I've had lots of practice, and I can really get around on heels. You'd be shocked. Or maybe you wouldn't. Adapt, improvise, overcome. <laughs> I always make the joke when I'm in dress shoes. Like all the ladies are, oh, this is only one inch or this is only two inches. And I like dress shoes on dudes. That, you know, what is that? Like probably half an inch. 
of a heel on him. I always make that joke because I like to fit in. Well, this week we're taking a swing on Spider-Man 3 rumors, Ryan Reynolds' upcoming film Free Guy, and wishing a happy ninth birthday to the Soaking Gaming community. Over the last few weeks, reports, supposed leaks, and rumors have been spreading like a wildfire on the plot of Marvel and Sony's third Spider-Man movie, starring Tom Holland. Everything from multiverse theories to returning characters. Let's shoot a web and swing into the details. I see what you did. According to the alleged leaks from 4chan, which, okay, it's 4chan, but we're gonna give it a shot. The third Spider-Man movie will revolve around the Sinister Six, which is something that has been theorized for quite a while. The idea is that with Peter's secret identity revealed, the, sin the Sinister Six will team up to try and kill him. The rumors we've seen on this so far have the team including Vulture, Mysterio, Shocker, Electro, Kraven, and Scorpion. Lots of these characters are coming from previous Tom Holland Spider-Man movies, but it's also excluding some major classics from the comics. Do you think that this team of six is our most sinister six? I will say that if this indeed ends up, first of all, I think it, them going sinister six is kind of, I don't want to say smart, but it feels like a, a good move, especially if they're going to try to continue the Spider-Verse beyond MCU, which, you know, I think that that is probably going to happen based on some out of character things people have said. However, this particular group doesn't excite me the most, mostly because of the absence of like Dr. Octopus, Sandman. There are just some big names. That, Those are the two I thought of, yeah. That they're not on the, the roster and like I don't get it. I, I mean, I get it. It's, 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 a, it's not the comic book, it's the movie and they're going to do what they want to do. But another thing is, I don't know how you're going to have Electro and Shocker in the same movie that they're they're not the same but there's a similarity to that power set there i mean in some ways and i, I don't know it's i hope they rethink it or i hope they come up with a hobgoblin situation or even a green goblin situation although I, them saving green goblin for something bigger might be cooler yeah you know it's funny as you were talking about that like i said i i immediately thought of um sandman and uh doc ock uh i mean those are they're quintessential villains for for spider-man however um if it's true they're going in the multiverse direction uh, which i mean everything kind of points to that uh i think what they're doing is leaving themselves open to unveiling these six perhaps in the first movie as the well not the first movie but the next movie as the um you know the the six together are a heck of a villain for spider-man to face and then you still have room for some of the others to be introduced in later movies so i'm hoping that the six aren't all that there is for for the spider men and spider ladies to face uh but if if this is just kind of an introduction to what is is the the evil facing our spiders um then then I, I think it's a good intro um hopefully they'll add some of the other some of the other threats later 
it um it bears mentioning that they were on the Sinister Six path before the reboot of the Tom Holland Spider-Man. With the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, they really were gearing up towards a Sinister Six situation. And obviously the bottom fell out of that and, and things changed and the course was altered dramatically. So it could be that they're going to recycle some of those ideas or to try to build off of a relative hype that they had back in the day. Um, and I guess it's not that far back in the day. I mean, we talk about Andrew Garfield as if it was the 1920s. It really wasn't that long ago. But, you know, it, it, it'd be cool. I'd be okay with it. I just, I don't want, I don't want to get into a situation where we have a film that's too bloated. And I think that happened with, okay, the, the um, uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man 3. That one felt way too full of characters and people. And it just wasn't good. And I don't want that to happen to the Tom Holland Spider-Man. Like, just concentrate a little bit on the characters. We don't need 50 people in the film. Adding so many villains, they, they had that problem with the Batman movies, too. When you add too many villains, it starts to get a little zany, and you can miss out on what what I think the MCU does well, and that's, you know, char character character building your, your hero. Um, they're not so great at character building your, your villain. Occasionally, we do get a good villain in MCU. Most of the time, they're just nominal. But putting in six in a film, you're, I feel like you're going to lose your way. I don't disagree, except uh, I think they could like more make them cameos as opposed to um, like full-fledged villains. And I'm hoping that the MCU knows enough about what they're doing and they continue carrying on some of the stuff they've done well and learned lessons from some of the stuff that they haven't done well, which I agree with you. If 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 the stories get bloated with too many characters, they just they start to blur and nobody really cares. There there does have to be a handful of good guys and bad guys that are the main focus. And then everyone else is either some kind of background um uh either manipulator or, you know, they're just referenced. Like uh we know three of the villains are involved and they've stepped in for a meeting or something and we know things are happening you know when you know that are at their um at their behest but they don't necessarily need to be a focus that i think would be the good way to play it i agree with you well let's talk a little bit more about expanding the universe then one of the biggest reveals of the film so far is the inclusion of dr strange reports say that strange will be acting as spidey's new mentor figure with Multiverse of Madness being directed by the Tobey Maguire series director Sam Raimi, and confirmation that Jamie Foxx is returning to Spider-Man as Electro, a lot of people think that we might be paving the way for a live-action Spider-Verse film. How would you guys feel about seeing Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield suit up again, this time alongside each other and Tom Holland? Super. I would feel super about it. I would tingle down to my toes. I think that that would be awesome. That's my feeling. <laughs> I'm not surprised at Jace's um, reaction, and um, I don't know, sure, sounds good to me. You guys think that there's a good chance we'll get other live actions of the different Spider-Man? Miles Morales or Spider-Gwen? I, I, here, here's the thing, Tom Holland is probably getting to that place in his career where he is ready to perhaps put some of the spider stuff behind him. I mean. A lot of these people who play the characters, they've got, you know, a decade in them. And I don't know how much longer. He, he signed on for some MCU films, I think two. And then obviously this film is coming out. How many 
times can he play the Spider-Man with before he's ready to try something? I mean, we, we talked a little bit about the movie on uh, Netflix, I believe, where he plays the he who shall not be named. And maybe he wants to do more of that kind of stuff. Maybe he's got some ideas for his career that he doesn't want to keep playing Spider-Man. So on the one hand, I could be saying <laughs> maybe the Spider-Verse is petering out. On the other hand, it could very well be that they'll throw in Miles Morales or Spider-Gwen to carry on the, the mantle of the Spider-Verse once Tom Holland decides to move on. And then he can, you know, pop in as cameo here or there. But, you know, it could go either way. I think including Miles Morales or Spider-Gwen is the right move. Um, I've I've often been confused at the, uh, the perception of actors that they're they're worried about being typecast i suppose at some point um they they want to distance themselves from a certain character or a certain role uh, that seems to be their shtick and i'm i mean i'm i'm not in hollywood i'm not yeah i'm not at all involved in the quote scene but it it seems silly to me to um like tom holland is already proving he's got chops in in other arenas he's already doing very different kinds of characters and he's already proving that his characters are believable outside of peter parker and that to me means you as an actor are in a good place it 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 means continue you know expanding your horizons and continue doing other things but that doesn't necessarily mean like completely distance yourself from the successes you've had and uh, i don't know th there's a lot of fan love for a character like that why not continue revisiting it but I, like i said i'm not i'm not in that world i'm not I, I don't i don't do any of that stuff but it just seems silly to me folks who want to just so distance themselves from what brought them relative success he seems to still be in love with it. I mean, when you hear him talk, he still kind of has a boyish glee about playing Spider-Man. So I don't know that it's necessarily the idea that he wants to distance himself. And I don't have any evidence of that. I'm just going based on what other actors generally do in the MCU. They play the thing and then they're ready to move on. I will say, you know, I've done theater in my life and there's this weird feeling that happens when I put a role to bed. Like, I mean, obviously when you're doing film, you're committing to three to six months of your life like that just for a, a film and coming back to that same character for three to six months every year or two years or even three years that's a that's a commitment and it's may not be something that creatively is still exciting you so if his if he's excited by it then great but as an actor if he's really wanting to to continue to expand and do new things it's not necessarily about not loving what got you there but maybe about just wanting to do other things as i was saying i have done a little acting as soon as I put a character to bed, I can't listen to the soundtrack to the musical ever again. It's it's a weird kind of catharsis where I pack it up and I never really want to revisit it. And I don't know why that is. It's not like I have a bitterness towards it or an anger towards it. In some ways, it may be that I'm sad, like it's sad that that's over and I, yeah. I hearing it makes me feel bad. But there really is kind of a, I've done this and now I'm moving on and doing something else. Or there was when I, yeah. I used to do a whole lot. I don't do it as much or ever it's been like two years since i've done anything but maybe longer than that um i don't know it just feels like at some point he's going to want to do different things that's fair i i think i'm i'm looking at it like a job um and to be honest i've done 
really crappy things in the pursuit of my career, um, particularly in the army. Things I, I had no desire whatsoever to do. And I can appreciate the creative aspect of, I have no love for this, I don't want to do it. But the, <laughs> the truth is, I don't know. I Perhaps I'm just looking at it improperly. I'm, I'm looking at, like, it's my job. I'm going to do something I don't want to do. And I'm going to do something I wouldn't do otherwise unless it was my job. So, I don't know. I, I Maybe I'm coming from a different angle. But it is what it is. Another major topic of debate revolving around Doctor Strange's inclusion in the film is whether Spidey still needs a mentor figure. Tom Holland's version of the character is still a high school student, yes, but he's also the same kid who faced Mysterio pretty much alone, took part in the war against Thanos, and has basically lived up to the legacy of Tony Stark. Does this kid really still need a babysitter? Um, I think this is... there's a difference between growing up and finding one's own path and still seeking the guidance and wisdom of others. Peter Parker slash Spider-Man, I think has achieved uh, another level of independence and maturity. Um, and there, there seems to be kind of a passing of the torch from a character like Tony Stark, who is self-indulgent and um, self-centered and while still wants to be kind of heroic, you're never sure if he wants to do it because it's for his own ego or not. And a character like Doctor Strange, who is a little bit more, not even worldly, bigger than that. Um, Doctor Strange is, um, he's, he's past worldly concerns. Um, he's a little bit bigger and a little bit more mature. Um, and I, I also see that as kind of an ev evolution of an adult where you don't ever outgrow a desire for guidance and wisdom. Um, there comes a point where there might not be um, guidance and wisdom available, but hopefully you can find something um, I think it's just that there are fewer sources the older you get. I love that. I love how you put that. Um, I, I mean, because it really resonated with me. I, I feel like I grew up too early in some ways, even though I've got a, an immature sense of humor. Um, there were some parts of me that did grown-up things too soon. Like, I should have had fun longer. I should have relaxed earlier. I should have, like, chilled out. Um, but I, I, I came of age at a, at a certain, at, you know, relatively young. But... I, as in terms of having a mentor, I really haven't had a mentor ever in my life until about the last five years. And you know, I'm a man of a certain age at this point. Um, it, my current boss as a, as a mentor now has taught me so much that I never, either never bothered to learn, I didn't realize I didn't know. And I think you can always learn and grow and stretch. And I think that's a good point. I, I do think that for Spider-Man, Far From Home was the coming of age story it was the passing of the torch you know he got the Edith glasses and he's um the bearer of iron man's legacy in a lot of ways but you know there is a whole universe or multiple universes out there which we we will learn through uh, films and television shows that 
Doctor Strange has a strange has a strange <laughs> Doctor Strange has a perspective on. And Doctor Strange has always been a little bit kind of talky down. Even to Thor, who is a god, he talks down to him a little bit. He talks down to Tony Stark. He was a he was in a lot of ways above it all. And part of that's just because I guess the time loop with Dormammu, he, you know, he was practicing magic for ten thousand years in some theories. Um, that that were just the same moments over and over and over again. So he his perspective is just way different. So it's it's not necessarily coming of age as much as opening a perspective of what you can be and can do and and what's how you can impact a larger swath of the universe or universes. I I really want Doctor Strange to be a character I can play in Marvel Avengers. It's so bound bad. to be coming. Many things point to the expansion of the multiverse in the MCU. Doctor Strange's sequel, the WandaVision trailer, Ant-Man and the Wasps dive into the quantum realm, the returning cast and characters to Spider-Man, even Spidey's own fascination at the multiverse concept in Far From Home. All the fingers point to our favorite spider-themed Superboy hopping into a spinny yellow portal thing and taking on more than he can handle alone. His floor is going to be wild. Video game movies have historically been, let's call them difficult. Very few ever have made it to be widely popular, and as Syl would say, even fewer are objectively good. So when we see the star of one of the few well-received video game films, Ryan Reynolds, making Free Guy, a movie about living in a video game, we're naturally skeptical, but maybe there's a bit of hope in there too. Reynolds has been a big-time contributor to nerd culture, making its way into major media. He was the man who made Deadpool good again. He was a driving force behind the Pokemon movie. And simply put, though, can the man behind the red mask and the yellow fuzzy face make a video game movie about an NPC becoming self-aware cool? I think Ryan Reynolds has. He's got cool cred. Almost regardless. Like, the guy's you know very attractive um uh, very athletic really well put together he's got a good sense of humor even in interviews and stuff like he's he seems like just a, a cool guy and so i think whenever he's cast in a role folks assume it's going to be cool but he's acted in some turds um there there's been some garbage that's been made around him and i think he isn't the factor i i really do think it's the production behind him that is the factor he made deadpool interesting but there were writers that i think made deadpool interesting not ryan reynolds granted he's a good actor he's a good known face but uh deadpool has a mask on 90 percent of the movie and whoever it is that is the voice really is just speaking the words that the writers give him and i don't know there's so much more to a production than the actor to, to your question though um can a video game movie about an npc becoming self-aware be cool yes but it comes down more in my mind to the writers and the production in general than just ryan reynolds he's got cool cred he can bring that but is it going to be a well-made movie i i don't know 
So there is a case to be made that I got married because my husband resembled Ryan Reynolds when he was younger. And I've actually been <laughs> accused of that in real life. So I've been a fan of this fool since like two guys, a girl in a pizza place. I am. I think he is. He has an ineffable charm that cannot be quenched. Van Wilder loved it. Like I, I've really, really enjoyed watching him perform in a lot of his movies. You're right. He does make some stinkers. But his 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 IMDb page, for instance, is just massive. He's got a lot of things that he's done. So, you know, some crap is going to come up from time to time. I mean, when he played Deadpool the first time, that wasn't very good. Let's be honest. But, you know, if anybody can carry a movie, I think he can. He is deeply uh, loved in, in the role of Deadpool for sure. He he, he was made for it or, or, or Deadpool was made for him one or the other. I don't know how I feel about Free Guy. Um, I It doesn't seem like a movie that I think is just going to change the world or, or alter the genre in any way. But I know that it'll be a good time just because he's fun to watch. He is. And I totally agree. He's got a charm that carries over roll to roll. Um, and it is... It, it's about the casting and it's about the writers and the director like everyone involved them in the production to put him in the right place at the right time and if those marks are hit his charm comes through and it's magnificent uh if it's if it's not done well if he's put in the wrong place if he's like i just don't see him in serious roles like there are some places he just doesn't fit and um so long as that's known he'll do well this one it's not a serious character it's not a serious theme uh it's silly but it's heartwarming at least it appears to be and that i think he can do i think he can do it well well let's talk about it a little bit about the flops that they've had as we've established that he has some major pluses in nerd culture when it comes to movies and as you guys have mentioned some negatives. The original Deadpool and X-Men Origins Wolverine was, as Jay said, uh, it was pretty f***ing terrible. Uh, Green Lantern was about the most forgettable or wish you could forget superhero movie of the last 20 years. One could argue the flops were more the fault of the studios backing the movies. While Reynolds' personal works and contributions have mostly been successes, but do you guys agree? Do you think that this is the man we geeks, gamers, and comic readers need to normalize the things that we love? I don't know. I guess I take issue with the premise of the question. I think that in this day and age, at this time in history, geek gamers and comic readers are way more normal than they were a decade ago, 20 years ago. You know, the, the basement dwelling geek is not a thing anymore. That was kind of an, an 80s trope. Now that stuff those those geeky things are very mainstream so and he's a mainstream guy he is he's really well liked by just about every generation up to gen x young gen x and down but even some older people i, I just don't think that i don't think it's necessarily going to have anything to do with him whether whether or not those types of things get embraced i feel like those things are already embraced and he's part of those things. Like he's part of that culture that has kind of evolved and grown up together alongside him and with him. I mean, he's he's in it already. I 
I agree with that. Um, and I almost re I resent agreeing with it because um, I think Jason, I, I don't know if T, you or Sill or those younger than us can really appreciate what it was like being a nerd when nerds weren't the norm or nerds weren't cool. Like there was, I mean, there were movies about the bullying of the nerd, but I, I like we lived that we, we did. Yeah, it was legit. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's based on stuff that happened and I just don't see that kind of thing happening these days. Um, the idea of geek culture being the norm really is, it's a, it's a different culture and a better one in my opinion, without a doubt. Um, I think we have moved forward and we've gotten to a better place than we have been. But um, I don't know. I, I, to, to say geek is normal, like that's huge. Um, and, and I don't think a lot of people appreciate how significant that really is. Um, I do think it's normal now. Like I bring up uh, Dungeons and Dragons and I remember in the 80s, there were there were like legitimate movements to compare playing Dungeons and Dragons to devil worship and how like there were there were scary things that happened like legally for it. Uh, and it, we just don't like it's laughable these days. And I'm glad now it's laughable. Um, anywho, long story short, um, I don't know that can uh can like does ryan reynolds like are his are his works like more good than bad yeah i think so um i think he's very lucky that he is as physically attractive as he is because and so are we <laughs> uh because his it, it's a lot it's a lot like a lot of things like his sarcasm is is appreciated on a on a scale that is relative to his physical attractiveness. <laughs> so he's at the top. <laughs> we started this topic with an obvious thing. Video game movies are historically bad. Very few have ever been successful. Even films like this that are just about video games rather than adaptations of them have been known to be terrible, like Spy Kids 3. But there have been some successes, like Ready Player One, at least in terms of the market. Do you guys think another movie set in a video game world can be successful in the current market? Like the um, brilliant productions that were the Mortal Kombat movies? Yes. Or World of Warcraft? <laughs> oh. So, a serious answer, yes. I, I, I think a movie can be set anywhere. And be successful a movie can be set in freaking narnia and be successful um it comes down to like what kind of love and effort is actually placed uh into the uh into the market um or into the production and are there really talented people doing it that are trying to make something that is good that is more than just um hoping fans of that initial product will come and watch it i liked ready player one i heard it criticized but like i genuinely enjoyed it just a campy funny too. kind of movie 
I was delighted. It touched on a yeah. lot of things from my childhood too, and that may be part of it. So there was a nostalgia that, like, oh my god! But exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, it's funny because video games based on movies usually are very crap video games, and now we have begun talking about the fact that movies based. Wait, did I say no, I don't know how I said it the first time. Video games based on movies are crap, and movies based on video games are by and large crap. I think another one that should get honorable mention is Wreck It Ralph. I know it's a children's film, but good grief. That is, those are fun movies to watch, especially if yes, you have kids to good. watch them alongside. But the first know, one was fantastic. Yeah, really, really good movie. But the, the, I don't know. There's just there's just something about those two genres. I don't even know if you call them a genre, arenas of entertainment that don't dance well together. Um, it's fun to play a video game and to be the main character or to work through a strategy or a puzzle or to push buttons and have that adrenaline rush. But that doesn't translate into a story where you just sit and watch sometimes. It doesn't move into a place where, like, it just feels silly to have the Mario Brothers movie. It just isn't good. It's not, that's not how those characters were created. They're not in their correct seat. And, you know, on the flip, when you have a movie that's that's really really a good movie and you try to take the story or the narrative of that movie and put it into a video game that translation is often just completely lost because now you've got to try to honor the story or the character in some way but also make it fun and engaging to push the buttons so those two things oftentimes just are incongruent for some reason i really can't figure out why but just historically, it seems like it doesn't work. Where it does seem to work the best, even in the examples of, that we've stated, is you don't try to cleanly translate it. Like, tell the story of the movie in the video game or tell the play the video game in the movie. Like, Ready Player One was really about referencing video games. Wreck-It Ralph was really about referencing video games more than being about, you know, playing a, a story about the video game. So maybe that's the key. Maybe the key is to not try to put make the genres dance but just have them kind of nod at each other i think you're besmirching the genius that were the mortal combat movies with this mortal combat no i actually agree with you quite a bit that i think is rather insightful um if movies are based on individual games they don't tend to do well and vice versa but if they're about the genre um i think they have a greater chance um but i do I, I still think it comes down to love, like the, the love and, um, I don't know, uh, uh, the capacity of the folks doing it. Are they good at what they do and they can make a good product? I wonder if it has something to do with like the perceived autonomy of the consumer of the media. In a video game, you like there's a chance that you change the plot. Maybe I've just been playing too many RPGs and have forgotten what, you know, linear video games are like, but whether or not you succeed or fail. And then with the movie, you know, it's all scripted. You don't have a hand in it at all. Well, I don't know what it is because like, let's take the World of Warcraft movie, for instance. God, that was terrible. I don't, I'm not a huge Warcraft fan, I'll be honest. I love the Warcraft games, the original games, but World of Warcraft, I never really got into. Obviously, I'm in the minority. Most gamers absolutely dig it, but it did not translate. And the funny thing about that is the story in World of Warcraft, the game, pretty good story i mean it's pretty cool there's there's a, a coolness to all those characters even dating back to the original warcraft games it just didn't it, it was i don't know how you can have that much magic and orcs and war and have such a boring movie it wasn't good i found similar to the 
Dungeons and Dragons movies. Not quite a video game, I I know, but it's like it it it's akin to the genre to genre switch, and like they they were also just terribly done. Um, but I I think ultimately it just comes down to are, are the creators of this thing creating something that's going to be worth watching? I I I've played a number of video games that have. Um, plots on a rail um, the last of us for instance one of my favorite stories in the game and the plot is on a rail that would also make i think a brilliant movie it just has to be done by the right people who have enough love for the source material to do it justice i would frankly love to see that but we'll see detroit become human would be a good movie too agreed really totally agreed narrative. You know a game that was a good movie? Clue. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Nerd culture is basically already normalized in the mainstream, with things like the MCU, Pokemon, and gaming in general being a pretty average thing in our media and lives. So we can only wait and see whether 2010's Sexiest Man Alive can bring it home with Free Guy. Is Jason free guy? No. <laughs> so we mentioned last week that Sokin turned nine on Sunday. Nine years old. This community started as a forum RP group in preparation for the release of Star Wars The Older Public and has expanded and evolved now to taking part in seven different games with 17 guilds and counting. Doing roleplay, PvE, PvP, and miscellaneous gaming, and even more non-MMO games. It's been a long and wild ride, and we here at the podcast wanted to take some time to shout out the community and some of the people in it. Token has grown to be one of the largest communities in roleplay gaming pretty much ever. While basically all of us on the podcast have grown into leadership or administrative roles in Sokin, one of the great things about the community is that we all started in the same place, joining as general members and working our way up. Can you guys tell us a bit about your own experiences in Sokin and how you got to where you are? I'm trying to remember. Like, I... I came to Sokin, and most people who come to Sokin are recruited. Like, you're out in the game world or whatever, and you see a, a, a yell... Or in the zone chat join Sogan. I did not. I had I was in a roleplay guild in Star Wars the Old Republic that was just kind of floundering and I didn't enjoy it. I had joined it in beta or even pre-game on the forums. Kind of like Sokin was on the forums. I was in this other roleplay guild on the forums. And it just wasn't doing it for me. So I, I set out to do some research <laughs> and hunted through pages and pages of guild listings and then went and looked at a bunch of guild websites to see who was doing what. And actually, the funky thing about this is no joke. One of the things that drew me to Sokin was the podcast. The fact that, you know, some of these geeky dudes in this roleplay game had a podcast. And so I was working out listening to their podcast before oh, I, I even joined. <laughs> and, you know, it was a nerdy podcast, still is, same type of stuff. It was, it was a different format back then, but the fact that there was a group of people that were so devoted to this kind of online fun really appealed to me so i, I applied through the the website before i was even in game 
invited i had to hunt someone down to invite me actually because i had a hard time uh, getting an invite to the guild but i mean things just were actually started out really slow for me because my padawan ship was really fun so i stayed at padawan for a really um long long time which probably i shouldn't have done but i we just stretched it out as much as we could because we were in love and do i know your um, mentor yeah you know him i think i do kane and vain I've fallen in love with the guy too. He's so, he's so much fun. He's silly, um, but the I mean, what you said, T, is just absolutely true. I, I started as a nobody in the in the community, a nobody. I was somebody in real life for sure. But I started as a kind of nobody and just played, worked my way up, participated, and um, but I, I had the opportunity to put my stamp on the guild and my input and literally it seems like the time has flown it's gone really really fast and now as an executive officer it's kind of in some ways hard to believe that i just found this community because i was looking to role play with some people and now i'm one of the owners and, and it's weird it's kind of strange but the friendships are and the relationships are the real deal and i've loved one of the things i've loved is watching the culture grow um, watching it change and morph as more and more and more people step in and put their stamp on what Soken means. Um, like Soken is this kind of pillar. There's an idea of what it means to, to be a Soken guild or a so in the Soken community. But then as more and more people jump in, that pillar expands and it becomes more colorful. And it's just been really gratifying to see a community that I've embraced, embrace me back and then embrace so many other people. I, it's been, I think, three years since I've been in Soken. Uh, it was Jace who brought me in to Soken, as a matter of fact. Um, and he didn't have to send me nudes or anything. It was... I didn't have to, but it was my choice. <laughs> um, Jace and I, um, we knew each other from... A, a previous incarnation in um, ESO and he he left ESO and broke my heart because I didn't know where he went <laughs> and it turns out he went to Sotor and he that's when he joined Soken and um, we we uh, I ran a guild in ESO and he was one of my um, senior leadership and when he left, he left a hole, and um, I was sad. He came back a couple of years later, and he messaged me after um, the guild I was running at the time um, was dissolved, and I was not interested in guild leadership or roleplay uh, in any serious context. You were just doing PvE mostly, right? Like, deeply yeah. into PvE. Yeah, I had... Um, the. The truth is I'd, I'd run, I don't know, like probably eight or nine different RP guilds uh, in different games up to that point. And I, and I think I had gotten to my limit where I was like, you know, I'm, I'm just going to run content. I'm going to play games and I'm, I'm going to RP on the side because there's, there are some um, considerations for running an RP guild. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of commitment. And, you know, I had just, I'd done it for a while. And Jace reached out to me and he was like, hey, homie, you remember me? And I was like, oh my God, where have you been? And he was like, yeah, well, I'm 
I'm back and I've got this little project. I'm wondering if you'd like to help. And I was like, yeah, no, that sounds awesome. And I had no idea that this little project was not little at all. And um, here I am now, three years later, um, in what is the most fulfilling and rewarding online communities I've, I've ever been a part of. Um, it has uh it it has it has been a fantastic experience from from start to finish and there's been ups and downs but the truth is even the downs are developmental the the downs are an opportunity for growth they're learning experiences and that's one of the best things i've experienced um throughout this process so it has been educational and it has been um I don't know, a place where I have made, oddly enough, and 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 I know this is odd, but some of the people that I have grown the closest to that I have never met IRL. I've only I've only had conversations with them over voice channels like TeamSpeak and now in Discord. And um this this is a community that gets what I get. This is a community that likes what I like, and it's a community that appreciates even the limitations that I'm inclined to put on um, socializing and, and things. Because in a lot of ways, we're, we're very similar. So it's been, it's been absolutely wonderful. And I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. You know, I got married uh, five years ago. My anniversary just happened, and one of the officers at the time of Sokin, I wasn't an officer at the time yet, um, came to my wedding and, and actually sat and watched me get married. And I thought that was just really cool. He happened to live close. And the funny thing about it is, you know, I am already married, but this is the honestly the truth. I'm not trying to get sappy here. If I was going to get married again, I would probably, I can, I can assure you, actually, I would ask Leo to be one of the guys who stands in my wedding with me. He, he is truly one of my very best friends in the world. And that's largely due to what we have done in Sokin together. Oh, but I'm married, so sorry. And I, I would I, I probably, ask you. I would too. probably not do that to you because I know how bad you hate it. <laughs> well, I, I would. I want to ask would, you, but I, I know you don't want to do it. So you knowing you would hate it as well. <laughs> T, now you have to tell us your story. All right. Um. So I. Well, I am significantly younger than than you guys. I have been in Sokin for about wow. for a little over Hold two on. years that's now. Yeah, that was inappropriate. That's a harsh way Completely. to start this. We're trying to have warm fuzzies, and you just put me in the grave. <laughs> no, Sorry I. Sorry uh, to interrupt. You could. I was actually in my freshman year of college, um, and I've said it a couple of times before. I don't know if it's actually like made it into the podcast or not. I just can't remember. Uh, but I am chronically ill. Um, I can't currently uh, go back to school. So I've been on medical leave for a couple years now. Um, and basically what happened to me is that I was doing fantastic my first semester. Um, I mean, like I had already been earmarked by one of my professors for an advanced master program. Um, I was involved in undergraduate research already. They had already tagged me to help to like help start leading the United Nations thing um, that we had. And 
I was loving it. I loved college. Um, and then I think it was that October of that fall semester where I started to get sick, but I thought it was just like general winter nonsense, like colds and flus and stuff. Um, and then by the next March, um, I actually had to pull out of school entirely because I had gotten to the point where I was sleeping for um, 18 to 24 hour blocks at a time. And I would only be awake for about two hours in between. Oof. Um, I, I swear I spent a year in a coma is what it feels like. Um, and my brother actually was like, hey, you know that Star Wars game that you used to play? And I said, yeah. And he said, well, would you want to play together sometime? And I said, sure. So I made a character. And he made a character. And then while he's running around, it's just the, the spawn in or whatever, um, I started seeing advertisements for an RP guild. And I was like, well, you know, that might actually be cool. I could like master paddle on system. I know a lot of Star Wars stuff. Um, you know, maybe I could like get him into it and teach him and see if he gets into like any of the role playing aspect or whatever. Um, and anyway, he never showed up, but here I am. He never showed up? Uh, his character, I think, got to level three, and then he uninstalled the game for another Forza game. But <laughs> it's okay. It worked out in the end. He was um, a recruiter. That was his whole point, was to recruit <laughs> right. you. His mission was you. Yeah. Um, yeah, funnily enough, my recruiter, I think I was the last one they recruited, and then they quit the guild a couple days later. So... Well, we came out on top in that yeah. deal. Yeah, no, I. Thurkin has. Um, I think the reason that I stuck with it was because I was that like super hyper overachiever. Um, and then I was abruptly like unable to be awake for even multiple hours at a time. And like coherent sentences were difficult. Um, coming to Sokin let me not only build a character but build myself back up again because I was able to stick to the scheduling. I was able to stick to, um, you know, there were people around again. So like I had more human interaction and it woke me back up is really the best way I can think of to phrase it. I love stories like that. I've heard literally yeah. people say how so can save their life if they were in depression or they felt like they didn't belong anywhere and they, or they weren't thriving and so can gave them something to do it and really did build them back up. I've also heard people say Soaking gave them real life skills that have translated into job opportunities for them. Maybe yep. becoming a junior officer gave them the confidence to try to do college or to try to do, you know, apply for that job they didn't think they could do before, but now they've they've led something, they've created something and they have that under their belt and that's real stuff. I have said many times and I think I've said it on the podcast before. I hire and fire a lot of people. I'm a, I'm a, I'm an employer in real life these skills are real and people should put them on their resumes because if i saw it on a resume first of all it's going to catch an eye a what what do you do huh that's different second of all if you can communicate something that you're passionate about in an interview you're going to hook people they'll remember that we have a couple of the people here that sh that share the voice channel while we're recording and i'm very curious to hear their stories too sil our um our producer and zenection who does our recording and keeps us on time. I'm very curious what y'all's soaking stories are. Why 
Why am I on the show again? Um, I know, because I'm here. You don't have yeah, to see for me this time. Jace is here. I shouldn't be here. This is wrong. It might be wrong, but it's also right. Oh my god, wait. Jace, this is the first so, time so we're right. on the show together. Is it? No, we're not. Because one time, remember, you sat in for tea. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, We can all fade to black, and you two can have your moment. Listen to me. <laughs> might need to. Anyway, um, ah, my second story. It's it's kind of similar to T's minus the chronic illness. I was in my freshman year of college as well, uh, coming on five years. Uh, Your freshman year in college, coming on five years? It well, five years ago. Oh, okay. I'm um, sorry. <laughs> um, I had moved away for college and didn't really have any friends around. I didn't have my girlfriend around. I was basically alone all the time and just didn't have anything going on. Uh, and it was right before uh, Force Awakens was about to come out. So I was like, hey, I like Star Wars. Uh, I've RP'd Star Wars before. I'll see if people are still doing that. So I logged into SWOTOR and was just walking around. And uh, the first day that I was doing that, which was Halloween night, I didn't have anywhere better to be. <laughs> um, I saw some people uh, sitting outside the temple steps on Tython, and I just messaged the uh, easiest name that I could, uh, which was which was a guy named Doin. Doin! That was my <laughs> Padawan! Yeah, it was. That's how I ended up meeting Jace. And, uh, yeah, so I went through the whole process. I got in. I loved it. Uh, I think similar to T, I, I don't know about being an overachiever, but I definitely like structured things, and so can is very structured so it was like comfortable and uh man i mean five years it's been a long time i'm also an executive officer now jason and i sitting at the the big table it's crazy I love, but, that. Um, I love that you can come in as literally just apply at something and now be top of the heap that's that's yeah. that's not normal i just want to say that in most communities uh, you can't do that that's true it's been crazy though like you were talking about uh in the first segment about mentors and it just got me thinking about uh mullen has really been like a life mentor for me um you mentioned the like applying first jobs and putting this on the resume like literally making this podcast and working on sogan is not the sole factor but at least a a percentage of why i got into the film industry it's definitely had an effect on me that's Changing awesome lives every day i mean you i've said to you before man like you don't do anything half <laughs> and this <laughs> podcast is a prime example of that. Thanks, um, Leo. You don't, you don't get enough credit either. No, you, you really don't. do hold this. That, and don't delete this together. from the final. I'm product. definitely going to edit this out. Future me, edit don't. this out. <laughs> because it's it's worth saying. It's worth acknowledging. <laughs> um, I do need you to do point out. I do need to point out there is one thing I have. And that's technically content, but that's the whole point of the show. So <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> the next one. Danny. So. I guess my story starts when I moved to Florida about five years ago. Uh, actually, just past five years, a couple of days ago, the anniversary of my move over here. And really, I was just really not doing much. I had no friends over here. I had nothing else to do. So I kind of just decided to hop on a uh, tour with a friend of mine. And I guess I kind of just up on Soken just from like a recruitment message. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this RP thing now. Uh, you know, tried it out. Here I am. Sue has kind of been always a, a big mentor to me too. 
I like these stories. They're me too. Good. Warms the heart. Well, if you guys have a story that you'd like to share, one of our community officers, Doofer, put out a post on the anniversary where our members were able to highlight some of their experiences in Sokin. You can find the link to that post in the description of this episode, or if you're on any of our forums, look in the upper left-hand corner. We want to thank you, whether you're a member of the Sokin community or not, for being a part of this. From the bottom of our hearts, we appreciate the support and the love that Sokin receives, internally and externally. And after nine years of gaming, all we can say is, here's to another nine and more. Let's all have a seat at the patio furniture, tip the pot, spill some tea. It's tea time. Tea time! This week's question was thought up with our resident stage performer in mind. What franchise, property, or IP of any kind deserves a Broadway musical adaptation? This is hard. I'm going to be honest with you. This is tough. Part of the reason is because I think everything would make a great musical. <laughs> but then the other side of it is you don't want to tarnish what something already is if it's really, really good. I'm, I'm usually a huge fan of musical episodes. So like if they take a... If they take a show that's already long running or has a, a, a nice fan base and then pushes in a musical episode, I enjoy those a whole lot, especially if the music, music is really good. For instance, Buffy musical is epic and classic and is, is really great television. Um, they did the Arrowverse had a musical episode that was very entertaining. Um, so we talked a little bit before production about the Netflix program which swept the Emmys called Shit's Creek. There is something about the tone of that show that I think would make for some good musical episodes. There's there's some there's some places where they already sing in the show, but it's like part of the narrative. It's not like it's a fourth wall breaking oh, or anything. No. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not a musical. It's it's just like there happens to be a musical in the show that they're performing, or like it's not it's not like it's a musical show. You guys have talked way. me into watching Shits Creek, and if there's musical numbers, I I just I don't know. You'll appreciate it when you get to the musical numbers. Message me because you'll get it and you'll be happy. <laughs> okay. Um, but the the overall tone of the show, if they were to take part of the story narrative and episode and make it into an actual musical episode i think it would fit in that show and and would be enjoyable and good and and right you know the whole the whole reason that people sing in a musical is because the emotion is swelling too high you can't speak it you must sing it <laughs> i know that leo might just vomited in his beer can <laughs> i did go on that's it no that's my i think that's my pick i I've, I ran through several shows in my head. Like in some places, it just doesn't fit. Game of Thrones, the musical, nah, I don't think so. I wouldn't be down for that. Avengers, the musical, mm -mm, wouldn't fly. But but Shit's Creek, I think it I think it would work. That's fair. I I haven't watched it yet. It has been recommended, and I'm I I'm willing to take the recommendation recommendations of my friends. So I will watch. Shit's oh, Creek. you know what actually made a great musical, but really flopped on Broadway was Spider-Man the musical. It flopped for different reasons, but actually, Ooh. it was a good musical. Okay. You guys remember the uh, Imagine Dragons song, Radioactive? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes. You remember also how that was actually written too. for was written for the Spider-Man Broadway musical? Was it? Yep. 
I don't know if I knew that. That sounds like news to me. I'm shocked I didn't. They ended up not using it, so they changed it around a bit, if my hearsay is correct. Um, so yeah, I'm, radioactive. I'm not, a, <laughs> I'm not at all surprised spider. I didn't hear about it. <laughs> That's not my... It's not my thing. Um, uh, so it's worth mentioning um, Zenection slash Danny says Clerks musical. Yeah, that would work. That would work. <laughs> I think that would be hilarious. And uh, still would like to see an Adventure Time musical. Yes. Also, I think would be fantastic. Um, I I went with um, my typical cynical self. I found the Book of Mormon to be such a funny musical um, by Trey Parker and Matt Stone, the uh, with the addition of Robert Lopez, the uh, the creators of South Park, they made a hilarious musical in the Book of Mormon. I would like to see a Scientology musical made <laughs> in the same vein of just talking about the the belief system in in a musical i think that that stuff is hilarious i however am a dark evil cynical person and i find that kind of stuff hilarious and i'll i'll have to live with myself with the hope that scientology the musical becomes a thing what about you t i uh so I feel like my answer is a total cop-out. So I'm actually going to tell you what my answer isn't first, um, because it isn't Star Wars. I love the franchise to death. Don't know that I could handle it as a musical. I don't know. Bill don't... Murray on Saturday Night Live singing the Star Wars theme song was pretty, pretty funny. Probably before your time, because you're significantly <laughs> younger than me. <laughs> It would be uh, it would be interesting. No, um, and it's also not D and D because, like, again, I, I feel like I want that, but if I think about it logically, I don't want that. Um, so my answer, my answer is Among Us. Among Us, that the, the friendly stab your homie in the back game. Yes. With, uh, you know, leading songs like. I just want to finish my tasks in electrical. And I'm not sus, bro. <laughs> I'm just trying to picture it, and I, I can't figure it out. I think that could be hilarious, T. I saw you vent, and I saw you vent reprise. Yes! Write it. Write it now. <laughs> I don't know. I just I feel like it's bland and open enough. I don't, I don't know bland, but it's, it's open enough that like you could do something really fun with it um i agree and like include a bit of murder mystery factor or whatever <laughs> yeah that's i totally saw you vent bro <laughs> if you'd like to submit a tea time question for the podcast head on over to soakinggaming.org slash soakinmedia and find the submission bar on the right hand side of the page thank you listeners for tuning in to the soakin podcast for more Soakin Media, you can visit us at SoakinGaming.org slash SoakinMedia, follow our Twitter at SoakinGaming, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Soakin Gaming Community. And look for future episodes of the podcast on Google Podcasts and iTunes. Until next time, I've been T. 
I've been Jace. And I've been Leo. And we'll see you next week. Stay classy, Soken. Thank you for listening to the Soken Community Podcast. Craving more? Visit us on Twitter and YouTube at Soken Gaming, as well as our website, www.sokengaming.com. Until next time, stay classy. Right, Jace?